Hello and welcome back to our In the Time of Waiting podcast. This is Warren and I am again joined by Marcia and Jason. So good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. So we, we're going to jump right into it this morning. Marcia, today's lesson that you've got for us is titled The Power of Balance. Uh, and so why don't we just start, Marcia, with, with maybe you telling us a little bit about why you chose this topic and, and what you think it, 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 may, uh, it may mean for us and what we may gain from, from a discussion of this. Um, I to- chose the topic for a variety of reasons. I had originally planned to spend, end on prayer, and then I decided no, I would end on love. And then I decided I would end on love and prayer. And then I began listening to what I was hearing from other people, from friends and family. And um, I decided that I would just maybe be all inclusive and end with balance. We started with, the body being the temple of the soul, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, since we've started from that direction, we'll come full circle and go back there. Because I think most people are really having a difficult time um, with a constant adjustment yes, we can do this, no, we can't do that. Um, The uh, rioting has been very unsettling to a lot of people. Um, I hear a lot of people complaining because they've gained weight, they're not sleeping well. And so I thought, okay, we're all a little off balance. And it seems like the news every day presents something else that tips us a little bit. Um, So I just wanted to address that and provide some scriptures um, that are reassuring to us as Christians. So that's my general direction. Good, good. Uh, so I'm I'm curious. You 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 said um, so. You, you thought about closing this with kind of discussion of prayer and love and and all those kind of different things that you mentioned. And I'm curious is because you kind of mentioned also conversations that you've had with other people. So do you find that when it comes to to kind of conversations that you have with people who are struggling in their prayer life, do you think it's it's mostly an issue of finding time and space to do that, or is it more I don't know how? Like, is it more an issue of equipping and and, and knowing how to do it, or or finding the time and space within my day to do it? I think for for people who have a lot of young children, that it is always an issue for them to find time and space because having children is so demanding and children have an insatiable desire for attention from the parents. And that's just how it is. And carving out a little time for prayer and quiet, I think is a major challenge for this group of people. Mm -hmm. It just is. 
the rest of us, I think, really have kind of a reluctance to sit down and be quiet and pay attention to our inner life and our spiritual being. We're much more comfortable with doing and activity and mentally engaging ourselves. We do that fairly well. Um, I think it's much easier to engage in a Bible study on a regular basis than it is to sit quietly in prayer, um, talking, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I think that's very difficult for most people, including me. I think there's also um, something that I see with a lot of people. We think that doing something like private um, personal prayer or Bible study um, we, even if we see it as an important thing to do, we are it. We are always deprioritizing it. Mm-hmm. So I think stere- to to kind of stereotypically talk about this from kind of a gender perspective, um, a lot of time men feel like, well, if it's not productive, is it? If it's not achieving some tangible goal, if it's not creating some kind of of uh, tangible product or outcome, then it gets deprioritized mm-hmm. um, a lot of times. And I think for women, a lot of times uh, things that are more focused on the self or focused on um, self-care, uh, especially if you do have young children running around or if you have other people who need your attention or who um, you know, I, I could be spending this time serving somebody else or doing something for someone else or fulfilling another obligation that I've uh, agreed to fulfill rather than doing this thing that um, no one will know or necessarily care whether or not I've done it. Um, and it doesn't, at least in a direct way, benefit anyone else. And I think those reasons very often lead us to very much deprioritizing um, personal prayer time, Bible study, and and that kind of thing. Yes, I I agree. I I I find it very easy not to do it, mm-hmm. and I, I um, will get in a rhythm, and then something will happen someone will come to visit or I agree to do something and suddenly you're right that gets pushed to the back the first thing to go with me is my prayer life (laughs) the second thing to go is uh is the fitness you know well I don't have time to do that today and um uh, I think it's just it's just very difficult to stay on center and we say, oh, this is really important. My spiritual life is really important. But if we look at how much time and attention we pay to it, it's really not very much. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's a good way to, to kind of think about it in, in summation, that it's, it's easy. It, it's also at times the first thing to go, and it's easy for us to find reasons or excuses to, to not engage whatever prayer, spiritual practices, all, the, all of those things. And, and I think it's why, you know, 
we still have so many teachings on prayer and, and, and we have classes about it and discussions, discussions about it, but I think a lot of it just boils down to I've got to be willing to prioritize it, you know, as, as Jason said, and not, not deprioritize it in our, in our thinking and in our habits and in our lifestyle. And, and, and it seems like we use all this other stuff to kind of cover up for this idea that it's, we just don't want to do it. <laughs> and so we tell ourselves, well, maybe if we have more teaching on it, or if I learn more about how to do it, or if I learn more about the benefits of it, or if I can convince myself that it's going to have some tangible outcome on, on what I do on a daily basis, then maybe I would do it more. When, when really what it takes is us just, just being willing to dedicate the time to it. And that's why I think, you know, yeah, I think all kinds of different generations, genders would have reasons why we might say, I just don't have time to do this. When if we if we really looked at at this the makeup of our day and what we're spending our time with, we do have time to do it. <laughs> um, you know, I, you we we spend time on our phones. Even those of us with little kids, you know, we've got time on our phones and other things that that we tell ourselves, well, I need a break in this time. I need to do something where I'm shutting everything down. Um, and I mean, I've certainly been there myself. Okay. It's the end of the day. I need to do something where I just don't have to think for a while and I can go brain dead. Um, and I'm telling myself that that would be better for me in that moment than, than maybe engaging a time in prayer or scripture that I may have skipped earlier in the day. Cause I didn't have time. Uh, in defense of that though, um, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but a lot of times when we think of downtime, when we think of rest and relaxation, we think of passivity. Yes. We think of doing something passively. I could passively scroll through my Twitter feed. I could passively uh, look at photos on Facebook. I can passively mm-hmm. watch some dumb TV show that's just on the background. Um, those are all passive activities. When we think of of prayer and Bible study, that that you know, uh, that is more of a, at least cognitive and spiritual action that we're taking. And so even though it can, it is very rejuvenating and it is restful, or especially if you get into the habit and you know how to mentally and spiritually anticipate that. Yes. Um, for people who are not necessarily in, in strong practice, it feels like more work. Even if it's work that that we enjoy and that we appreciate, it's like, you know, I like exercise. I like getting out and doing something active. Yeah. Uh, But there's no denying that if I'm at the long at the end of a long day, if I'm feeling tired and drained, it's that is definitely not something I want to do. You know, and I think a lot of times we put prayer and and Bible study and spiritual uh spiritual enhancement spiritual nurturance of ourselves in the same category yeah i think that's yeah i think that's good because i do think i mean i know certainly for me there's there is value in some of the the just sort of mindless activities where where i can just uh just be without thinking about anything but but like you said if when we when we are using those to try to fill something that we think spiritual disciplines will will help us get we end up like scrolling through Twitter, you know, spending way too much time on that than we should, <laughs> uh, or right. doing or or engaging that in in far too long or too far far too 
uh, too extensively or whatever it may be, and that there's. So I, I've even and tried depending to depending on what our feed looks like. It may even be it may even be worse. That's right. Yeah, and so you know, even being intentional about those, where do I invest my time when I'm just needing something to disconnect? I, I do think is important. Um, but you know, I was thinking when you talked about deprioritizing it, Jason. So I think most people listening to this podcast at this point know we our our household size has has doubled over the last week or so uh, as as we've had some kids in our home in, in foster care and so last week I did I snuck up to the building one day last week to kind of spend some time at the office and and I was going to try to kind of get back into my habit of of my morning prayer time and and I told Ashley afterwards like I felt guilty for just sitting in silence in prayer <laughs> knowing that Ashley was at home dealing with who knows what chaos and and madness because of that kind of very issue like it feels like I'm not doing anything and and I know that that's not accurate and and I know that it's it's something that you know now more than ever I probably need to be engaging and it was good for me to engage that and I could tell you know the the benefits that that came even just from spending that time in prayer uh but that thought was still there in the back of my mind like you know, I I feel guilty for just sitting here in silence while while knowing it's not silent at the house and Ashley's there by herself with all the kids, and and that kind of brings me to another thought that I had reading through this, uh, Marcia, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on this, that when when you were were describing balance and and when you were kind of walking through that, what I almost heard you saying was was a sense of structure for our lives, and and that if we're not so this is my interpretation and you can tell me if if this is kind of if this makes sense with what you're saying or if this is kind of going in a different direction uh but i think if if we're not careful and if we're not intentional about it we create a structure for our lives that then things can just happen and and things like prayer and other things get left out just because we're not pursuing them intentionally uh, but that there's value in kind of thinking through this the structure of of our day of our life and and what we want to be prioritizing, investing in, and trying to build those things into the structure of our daily activities, uh, of our lives, etc. And again, to kind of pull from our recent experience, that was one of the things that Ashley and I realized pretty early on, was that our family structures, just our routines, uh, the the logistics of how we go about things, the space in our house, our rooms, our setup, everything, the structure was not set up to double the amount of people that we had. <laughs> um, and so we had to figure that out on the fly pretty quickly. And because we had just kind of naturally developed a routine and a structure with Isley and Banner that worked for the four of us. But then you you double that and, and now all of a sudden it, it doesn't work so well. And so you have to, we, we had to kind of adjust that on the fly. Uh, so does that terminology of, of structure kind of fit with what you were thinking of, of Marcia or what do you, what do you think of that kind of way of thinking about it? Yes, I think, I think definitely we make for ourselves a structure, whether we recognize it or not, that we, t- our days over time will begin to have a pattern to them. Mm-hmm. And if we just sort of, well, let me give you an example. Back in the day, I worked um, on an adolescent unit in a psychiatric hospital. And the very first thing we did when the kid was admitted was 
we said, here is the structure. Here is the rhythm of the day. Mm. We get up at this time. You know, we wake you up at this time. We have breakfast at this time. We have group therapy at this time. And as soon as we could get that kid into the schedule, mm -hmm. they immediately began to calm down and began to do more constructive things for themselves. And so that was a wonderful lesson for me because even if they were not responsive in therapy at the beginning, over time, they generally would be. And I think part of it was this predictability, this schedule, the constant reminders we did about this is for your benefit. Mm -hmm. You can learn from this or you can throw this opportunity away. We want you to do well and so on. Um, that really was an eye opener for me to see that just having a dependable schedule made a huge difference to these kids. And most of them, when we got them, were pretty out of control, you know, out in the society. So, yes, I think so. And um, left on our own, we don't pay attention to the amount of sleep we get if we're sleeping five hours a night then devoting 10 minutes to prayer time is not going to work because as soon as we settle down and get quiet, we're going to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So I see this as a whole. And I think the, the thing you're talking about is exactly right. There needs to be some kind of, of schedule or rhythm to the day that is inclusive of the things we believe say want to have be important to us yeah i think that's good and it, it's interesting that you went there with, with, with kids because again so as, as we were trying to think through our structure and just how we were going to make this work we talked to a family engagement specialist with the agency that we use and that was what she had said she said i would encourage you to have a schedule for your day and so we've on on the days that we are at home you know we there's a schedule now in our house that we do this at this time and work our way through it and and the kids ask about that they ask where we are in the schedule what's next on the schedule they like staying on schedule they they want the schedule and and if we get off it that's when chaos begins to ensue and so Sundays Sundays have been uh, difficult days because it's it's just there's a different schedule thrown into the beginning of it um, and or, or different part of the schedule and and it kind of throws off the rest of the morning and it it takes a while now to get to get that back on track. And so I think it's that's one of those things that, you know, yeah, we can see the benefit of it as kids uh, with kids. But but it's one of those things that, that we probably do a better job of preaching or talking about the benefit of with with kids instead of it, it working into our own lives. But, yeah, there, there are so many things that if we don't intentionally build them in, they're just going to get they're going to get left off because we're just not going to on our own pursue the, the time for them. Yes. And, and, and that is no easy thing. It, it really isn't. Right. Um, and, and to help myself with that, I make a real effort to get up in the morning, uh, have the prayer time, 
uh, a little study time. Um, I, I do some journaling. Um, and, and then I go in to eat breakfast and, you know, do all of those things. Mm-hmm. And um, sticking with that, when anything else is off in the schedule, is really hard for me. That's why I say the first thing that goes, because I'm thinking, oh, we're having mm-hmm. company today. I've, I've got to get up and clean the bathrooms and so on and so forth. Well, there goes the, there goes the prayer time. Um, and, uh, uh, I just think when things are out of balance, it's like a domino effect. You know, if we're staying up too late, if we're not eating properly and, and none of these things have an immediate impact. It's usually over time that suddenly we realize we're staggering around and can't focus our minds because we're only sleeping five hours a night right um so i i I, that's how i landed on the balance part of it is that when any of these areas of our lives don't get a reasonable amount of attention all of our lives will start to suffer maybe not that day Mm -hmm. but maybe next week maybe next month yeah, and I think that's part of the struggle, like you said, of, of that it may not happen right away. I think that that sometimes hurts us in connecting the reason for the getting off course with the cause of it. That if, if the cause of it kind of started and we've just kind of been slowly been going off course now, you know, since our schedule's been off or our routine's been off or our structure's been off, then it it can be difficult to connect it back to, oh yeah, I haven't been doing my morning prayer time for a week now. And and I'm feeling I'm feeling a little off in in my you know in my in my spirit in my soul whatever it is and I think you know you, you included in the handout three definitions in in the in Webster's dictionary of balance and I think the third one at least for me really kind of hits at what we're talking about the third definition that you have there is stability of one's mind or feelings. And and I think that for me is is helpful because as I said I, I I'm thinking of of balance in this conversation as as kind of structure, and and so I think sometimes though when we hear balance we think well okay so how much prayer time do I need to balance out the movies that I'm watching or the whatever else that I'm doing with my time right like it's a scale and if I can how much prayer time do I have to have to be okay spiritually in order to do, to do all the other things that I really want to do. <laughs> Uh, but to see it as more a, of pursuing stability of of mind and feelings kind of switches the nature of that conversation. I think. Yeah, I, I think having it in the sense of a ledger is is the wrong way of looking at right. it. We want our debits and credits to balance out. Yeah. Well, that's not the kind of balance that we're talking about here. I think this is a fitting a fitting lesson to kind of close this series because again, this this series has been in the time of waiting. And and so I don't know if this is intentional or how you plan to do it, Marcia, but a lot of what we ended up kind of discussing had, was under this theme of power and powers that we can uh, can can kind of tap into as we uh, tap into this wellspring of renewal that was the uh, the subtitle of, of this series. But I think this is a fitting one for us to close with because all of our patterns have been disrupted now for several months. And I think it was 
you know, when we started this, it was probably easy to just slip into this kind of time of waiting. And then we may not even have realized what patterns or routines or structures have emerged now over the several weeks, months that we've been doing this. And so thinking intentionally about that, I think it's going to be incredibly important for us going forward, whether we are people who are, for, for whatever reason, still kind of uh, locked up or, or really maintaining you know, high levels of social distancing, or whether we're kind of beginning to reemerge and, and go back to some of the other aspects of our life, paying attention to, to the patterns that have emerged and, and whether those have been just kind of things we've done unconsciously or things that we've purposefully pursued, that's going to be important for us as, as we move forward. And, and hopefully we can learn some things from this experience, as we've talked about in, in other conversations, learn some things from, from this time and, and what, we've, what we've valued and what we've missed that, that can speak to the type of patterns and structures and balance that we want to pursue going forward. Yes. Um, I, I, I noticed it in the beginning when the big shutdown first came and we kind of recognized how vulnerable we were to the virus and what far-reaching effects that had for us. Um, in the very beginning, we were fearful and afraid and didn't know what to expect. As time has gone on, I think we have kind of formed uh, an idea of what we need to do for ourselves. Uh, because I'm an older person, we will probably social distance to a greater degree and for a longer period of time than say my grandkids who are in college. <laughs> um, and uh, they know that if they contract the virus, they'll be sick, but it's not life-threatening, likely, unless, uh, of course, there's something else going on. But because of that fearfulness, I wanted us to remind ourselves, because I needed to remind myself, that we have a lot of power as Christians. We have a lot of power to draw on but sometimes we get panicky and we forget about it. And so all of the things we've talked about in this series has been an effort to remind us of who we are and who we belong to and the powers we have at our disposal. And one of the things that kind of got me going on this was I'm a great... Um, fan of the dance. And um, uh, I had watched this wonderful ballet performance of um, three of the best men dancers, ballet dancers in the world. And they were dancing together on one stage. It was very, um, an unusual event. But one of the things that was so amazing was their balance how they could leap and turn and do all of these things with such power. And in the leaps, they just seemed to be suspended in air. And I thought about um, the ballet dancer and their incredible balance. And I know that's because in the training, 
they are taught to keep their head over their heart, their heart over their hips, their spine straight. And if, if they are strong at the core, then they can do all of that twirling and leaping and bending. Uh, and it looks so graceful and easy. And I thought, you know, this is exactly where a Christian needs to be in this kind of a crisis. We need to be strong in the core. We need to be on balance uh, with our head over our heart. So I thought um, ending on the, on the topic of balance would be like a summary of the whole thing because we all have our places where we're strong and our places where we you know fall down from time to time so that was the main thing i really wanted this series to be a big encouragement to believers who can call on uh, the power of prayer a lot of the time most of the time it isn't instantaneous and just staying with it is so difficult because as all Americans are, I like the drive-through principle. I go to one window, I say what I want, I pull up at the next window and it's handed to me. And I think we often approach spiritual growth in the same way. And it, it is growth. It's like planting a seed and it has to be watered and tended before it's gonna come up and it's gonna be even longer than that before it bears fruit. And that is, as human beings, this is hard for us. I think especially as we've moved away from an agrarian economy, it used to be that we were all involved in raising food and planting and reaping and all canning vegetables and all of those things. Um, and we've moved so far away from that, that we've, we've sort of lost that concept of growth. Yeah, that's interesting to think about the disconnect that we have from some of those processes and, and, and what our own processes may, may replace in our minds for that, right? And um, there's an old, I, I, I think I've used this at some point before, but there's an old Calvin and Hobbes comics, comic strip of of Calvin's dad is 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 kind of opining about the you know the the instant gratification nature of culture and how you know can't believe all this stuff and when I was a kid we had to wait for this and you know da 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 da, da. and then Calvin walks in and I think he's like holding something that he's going to microwave or something and he's like you know one minute like I don't have that kind of time you know and so you know this idea of waiting a whole minute for your food and and um and I, I think about that sometimes because I think about, you know, yeah, we, we, we do, we become so accustomed to, so accustomed to having everything now that when we don't get something now, it, it, it feels, it feels very odd or, or off. But, but I think that's good. The disconnect that, that we may have between, you know, others who in, in our past would have been very much more connected to things that took a lot of time and, and that you had to, to invest a lot of time and effort for a slow process, there may have been a different mindset for some of these things. I, I think that's right. I, I think we do expect things right away. I can, I can remember um, 
you know, when I was in school, but this is this is really telling on me, we had the mimeograph machine and you had a template and you had to hand crank uh, the paper uh, through the machine so that it came in contact uh, with a template. And if you needed a hundred of them, you crank the machine a hundred times if you were lucky that the ink didn't run out or whatever it was. And now I'm- You got your hands purple in the meantime. Right, purple hands. And yeah. And now I find myself standing over my printer saying to myself, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I need these 10 copies right now. You know, <laughs> and I, I was thinking if someone had walked in with a printer at the time I was cranking the mimeograph machine, yeah, it so, would have seemed like a miracle. So one's per, one person's miracle is another person's inconvenience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good thought. And and I want to kind of very briefly at the end here switch gears just a little bit because I think it's it's a good thought for us to close out this this episode in this series with. And and that is that there's a there's a verse that you included in the scriptures for this week from Ecclesiastes. And and I want to read it for us because I think it's fitting to close to close us out again like I said for for today and for this series. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. And... And I love that way of, of, of phrasing all that and kind of putting some of that together. And, and I know it can be, you know, you, you can get into trouble pulling small pieces out of Ecclesiastes with the whole context of, of the book around it. But I think that especially that part at the end, I think matches up with, with something Paul tells Timothy, where in First Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. And we know that part of the verse well. But then he says, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And I think we forget that last part sometimes, that, that God has provided us with all that is around us, with, with uh, our relationships, even with our material things, with this world, with, with creation, with, with our connection to him. Everything is for our enjoyment. Now we can we can pursue that enjoyment in unhealthy ways and we can be very self-serving with that. But, but I think repeatedly you have over the course of scripture, this idea that when we are u- utilizing all the gifts and resources well that God has given us, it's for our enjoyment and it's, it's for us to have true and real joy in our lives. It's not that we're beating ourselves up and, and doing all this because we want to feel terrible for ourselves because we're such awful sinners and people that we don't deserve happiness or joy. <laughs> um, it's, it's the opposite of that and that God, God has given us this because he wants us to enjoy this life that we have. And, and I think all of these things that we're talking about and, and you talked about this being a series of encouragement Marcia, I, th- I think they're designed to help us to see that and, and to latch on to that and to, to have the type of, of joy and enjoyment for life 
that, that Scripture calls us to have um, and, and that God desires for us to have as his people. Yes, I, I, think, I think Jesus' life illustrates that. Um, he was engaged in so many things that, you know, we have a tendency to see as maybe um, frivolous or, or shouldn't, shouldn't we be doing something for somebody else? You know, the time he takes with his friends, um, he goes to wedding parties. Uh, we just have little glimpses into some of those things that he did. He, he spent time with his, with his friends outside of his disciples. Um, he was Jewish and he observed the Jewish festivals and holidays. Mm -hmm. um, his, his life was one of service, but it was also one of balance. And um, we know that, that he spent time in prayer. We know that um, he, when he went to the synagogues, he studied with some of the elders there. I just, I think we sometimes focus so much on the miracles, the preaching, the that kind of thing, that we lose sight of the big picture. Yeah. And that, and that he did have a balanced life. And that when work was overwhelming to him, they got in the boat and went fishing or went to the other side of the lake and had a talk or a visit or, yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and I think we lose sight of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that in, in my mind, that connects back to kind of where we started that, you know, we shouldn't feel guilty for sitting down to watch a TV show that we enjoy at the end of the day. But if those things are become our only spiritual practices or our replacement for spiritual practices is where we run into issues. <laughs> and, you know, Jesus himself acknowledges that there's a rumor going around that he was a glutton and a drunkard. Right. So so he certainly he, he was out there with the people enjoying life and, and living it up um, as he served and, and as he lived. All right. Any any closing thoughts on today or, or from this series from from you, Marcia, or you, Jason, before we close out today? I, I just want to put out there that the the aspect of waiting is almost always uh, described in a negative connotation. It's something that we have to endure. It's something we have to be patient with. You know, I think two of the mm. uh, two plays that come to mind uh the three sisters by uh anton chekhov and uh and waiting for godot you know both of those plays um have it, i mean if there's a villain in those plays it's the concept of waiting hmm. i think what this study has done for me is it's helped me see the value of waiting and the value of being of having the patience to just sit and wait to be still, um, to allow the world to turn and for the wind to blow and for God to be without me feeling like I have to uh, urge it along. Uh, that's a concept that I think in our day and age is um, very difficult to do and almost universally reviled as, hmm. as, a, as at, at best a nuisance. Yeah, it's a good thought.
Thank you. That reminds me of, of the year, two years that we lived in Thailand. Um, one of the things that Thai people would say to their children uh, when I learned enough Thai to hear these kind of remarks was, <laughs> stop being in such a hurry, you look just like an American. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, on that note, we will <laughs> we'll we'll close out for today. And if nothing else, maybe this season has has helped us to see that we can still survive and get by uh, not being in a hurry. And so, if nothing else, maybe we'll be in a little less of a hurry going forward in life, and um, and can value some of these these other things that may look like waiting or. Uh, unproductiveness in our in our modern American way of thinking. So, uh, thank you again, Marcia, for putting these lessons together. I I, I think you have you've chosen well the the topics for us to to ponder and chew over and and discuss. And I've certainly enjoyed these these conversations with with the two of you. And as we've said before, if if no one else listens to these, I know it's it's been uh, enriching and uplifting for the three of us to have these conversations. So so thank you, Marcia, for for putting all this together, and thanks, Jason, for for helping out and for doing all the behind the scenes stuff and putting all of the audio and podcast together, and for for joining us in these conversations. Thank you very much. I've I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I think probably as as usual, the teacher has learned a great deal. That seems to happen, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. God's God's got a funny way of working on us in in that. Yeah. All right. Well, Jason, would you close us out in in prayer today as we wrap this up? I'd be glad to. Our heavenly Father, we are humbled by the ways that you move in our world and the ways that you uh enter our hearts and enter our lives. I ask that uh that we are able to slow down, that we can be patient to see the ways that you move in still soft ways. Uh, I thank you for your majesty and the grandeur that you bring to our lives. But at this moment, I pray that we can uh, wait, that we can pause, that we can be quiet and still uh, and see the glory and the magnificence that you bring to us uh, in the subtle and at times imperceptible ways. Uh, help us to slow down. Help us to see the glory and majesty of those moments every day of our life. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.